Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, professors of theater education, and teaching artists that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. So grab your coffee or glass of wine, plug in your headphones, or turn up your car stereo, and relax. Thanks for joining me for these heartwarming conversations and practical advice from other theater teachers on the front lines making a difference in their students' lives each and every day. I'm excited to welcome to the podcast for this episode, Christine DeFrancesca. She teaches at Huntley High School in Huntley, Illinois, has been there for eight years. Christine, welcome to the show. I'd love to hear your story. So go ahead and share that with us. My name's Christine DeFrancesco. Um, the journey, I guess, that I went on to end up uh, teaching theater was, um, um, you know, like many, many of us, I uh, fell in love with theater at a young age. Um, I think I was pretty young, eight maybe, when I did my first show. And then all through, you know, high school, and um, I decided to major on in college. Um, and about halfway through my college education, um, I got an opportunity to direct something. Um, one of my professors was like, you know, you're doing really well in this class. Would you like to direct a show? And I said, sure. And I, I was like, oh, this is what I am. Like, I, this is what I am. I'm a director. Like that made, it just made sense. It just, everything clicked really, um, crystallized for me in that moment. So that was what I did for the rest of my time in, in college is like, I directed like every chance I got and I'd say, Hey, can I direct something? And they'd be like, yeah, here's, you know, here's a hundred bucks, go direct something. Um, so fortunately, you know, uh, my professors were really supportive of that. And, you know, there was a lab theater that was not being used a lot. And so I was in there all the time with that. Um, after college, I got a <clears throat> directing internship at a theater in Cincinnati, the, um, the um, Ensemble Theater of Cincinnati. So I moved there. I went to school in Michigan. So I moved down to Cincinnati and, um, you know, did the internship and met a bunch of people and uh, got involved uh, with some people just around town. Um, a very, very, very small theater company that was starting fledging. It was called the No Theater of Cincinnati. And um, they did a lot of, they were really focused on um, underrepresented voices. Hmm. So, uh, you know, African-American playwrights, female playwrights, LGBT playwrights, um, just really like, you know, trying to be the theater that did the stuff that nobody else was touching. And I got involved with that and um, I worked there for a couple of years and I was an associate artistic um, art, artist in residence, I guess they were calling me. Um, and, you know, just started working around town a little bit here and there, um, went kind of got to a point where I was like, what's next? What's next? Decided graduate school was next. So I went uh, to the MFA program in South Carolina, University of South Carolina. Um, after that, I got met a boy. I got married. I had a baby. Uh, but what I really was missing a lot was the one-on-one sort of acting, coaching, working with people uh, part of working. You know, I I worked all over the country and I was very fortunate to be able to get gigs. Um, but that's what I really missed. And I come from a, a family of educators. And so it kind of makes sense that I would slot into that at some point. Um, so I, since I had a degree in theater, I went back and I got my certification 
or English because um, I was really close to like I had like a double my double, double major lit in uh, theater. Um, got certified and um, sort of found a job. I uh, the job I got. I love to course you know theater jobs are really hard to find. Uh, teaching theater jobs um, because once people get in there they kind of stay where they are. And um, I got the job I got because I was double certified. Um, they needed someone to teach a theater class, a speech class, and an English class. And that's what they needed. And I was brand new. And my, my baby was like six months old when I went back. So I was like, oh, part-time makes sense. And then, you know, uh, eventually they offered me a full-time English position. And um, I took that. And I, I don't mind teaching English. And um, I just I kind of worked on making this program. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to get too into the weeds with it, but we can. <laughs> but that's sort of the, the how I got here is like the teaching at this school, in this place, you know, at this moment. In my life. Well, if you if you don't mind, just share a little bit about your your current program. Sure. So when I started, um, the man who had, so Huntley is a is a town that I it, I don't think you can decide what it is. It was a tiny little farm town. We're about an hour outside of Chicago. And it grew very, very, very quickly. It's one of those little suburbs that went, you know, and just grew. And the town sort of, oh, we're still this small town. But, like, there's 3,000 kids in my high school. Wow. Like, that's not a small town. That's not a small yeah. town. <laughs> so, um, yeah, right. It just grew very, very, very quickly. So you have some teachers there who were there when it was, like, the high school and the middle school in this tiny little building together. And now there's two huge middle schools and this huge high school and the high school has just um, kept adding on and adding on and adding on. So it's become this, this sort of massive building. Uh, the guy who had run the program before me, he had been that guy. He had been there from the very beginning, like doing shows in the cafetorium or whatever, right? There was no, there was nothing. And um, he did all the shows, he directed the musicals, he ran a speech program like that. He took everything on. So I, but his passion was speech. Like that's what he loved and that's what he did really, really well. So you had like a, sh every sh a show, like one play, one musical every year, but the classes would like, you'd have one class being offered like every other semester. So out of a, you know, out of an entire year, you'd have one semester of a class that you could take maybe. And then every three years or so, they'd offer this advanced class. Mm -hmm. And so they were trying to serve you know, he was trying to serve a lot of populations. He actually is the person that hired me. Um, and he sort of stepped back when I came in and took, took focused on his speech program. So I had this, you know, class that would offer every other day and um, every other year and a program that was fine. It was, you know, it was like, oh, we're doing a show. It was, it was fine. Um, but a lot of times they would just slot in who anybody who wanted to direct it. And they didn't really have know what they were doing necessarily. Cause they didn't have, they, you know, they did shows in high school, but they didn't have mm -hmm. the background. They didn't have the education of it. So slowly, um, I, you know, I'd, I'd get a consistent, you know, theater one consistently running, um, maybe, you know, twice as like two semesters a year. And then um, I had a very good group of kids at the time. And I went to the administration and I said, I want to like give them something else. You know, if some people sign up, they're like, yeah, if people sign up for it. You can do it. And since there's already a book on a class on the books, I didn't have to like beg mm -hmm. for it. 
I sort of changed the structure. It was called like advanced acting and directing. But what I was interested in doing was, because these kids kept taking theater one over and over again, was creating like a conservatory sort of class. So I called it theater workshop. And they could take it over and over again. Um, and since I knew the kids, I could kind of design it and craft it for each of these kids coming in. Um, and so that was very, very successful and very, very full. And um, so kids would go theater one, then theater workshop, theater one, then theater workshop. And then what I was finding was, you know, you have a couple types of kids that come into theater one. Kids that have like, I've been in every show and I, you know, I know I want to do this and this is what I want to do during high school. And then you had kids who were like, it's something I'm sort of interested in, but I'm afraid to talk on stage. And you sometimes get kids whose parents, you know, are like, I think this would be good for you to take. So the kids that, you know, were very nervous, but find it kind of starting to like it, I would take them and throw them into this theater workshop class and they would just burn out because they were like, you know, they would flame out because they're like, I can't compete with these kids. So then I said, we need a bridge class. We need like a theater too. And I suggested it and they said, yeah, yeah fine. They approved it. So they wrote off on it. So I was like, great. <laughs> so now I had, you know, a theater one and a theater two and then a theater workshop. And there were a couple of kids that could just sort of jump theater two. Like, I, you know, I know, like I can see what they're doing. I, I see you probably, you're a little bored here. Let's put you here. Um, and I had some pretty strong autonomy to do that. Um, and that was great. And it went that way for a few years. And um, the high school that I teach at has a couple academies within the high school. Hmm. They have a medical academy, for example, an engineering academy. And, you know, basically that gives you more advanced focused classes so that if you know I want to be a nurse, I know I want to go into engineering, um, you can take these more structured classes. It's always a little odd to me when I think about that because I'm like, I don't know what I, at 14, how many kids really know what they want to do. But those are good things to go into anyways. And they had talked to somebody, talked to the administration before I got there about the Fine Arts Academy, and they were told absolutely not. Like, mm-hmm. it's too much to take on. And so everybody had just dropped it. Like, this was before I was even on the scene. And then out of the blue, they said, we want you to do a Fine Arts Academy. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, okay. Um, so we spent a year. So it's a, it's, it's a Fine Arts Academy in which a kid can go in and decide, I want to focus on visual arts. Like, I'm a painter. I, I want to learn play painting, sculpting, photography, all that, or music mm-hmm. or theater. So within the three prongs within this academy, we spent a year and they were like, what would you need? And I said, well, I would need a directing class, um, 100%. And, you know, I, I need a tech class. And, you know, and, and I can kind of work around that. So we're in the first kids graduated from that last year. And so a class of five kids, which is a perfect number, like four or five kids, because those are kids that are really focused. Each of them got into BFA programs um, around the country. Uh, one of them's going to ISU, one's going to Ithaca, at the USC and NIU or something like that. So, you know, I was like, okay, great. Like, this is work and this is rolling. Um, the directing program, I mean, we started the directing class in the pandemic. So that was very difficult. So now I'm starting to go back to like how I wanted to teach it, hopefully. And hopefully we'll all stay in the yeah. classroom. Um, they're smaller classes, and we told the administration, I said, you're not going to get 32 kids to take directing. And is it okay if these classes run with, like, 10 kids? And they're like, yep, absolutely, we're on board. So they've been really supportive, that's and awesome. um, that's wonderful. And, I mean, they want it to succeed, too, because mm-hmm. they're going to look, you know, look not fantastic if they start an academy and it falls. But they've given whatever we need. For the most part, they built um, a black box theater 
which they needed because space-wise, I just didn't have a classroom. I would work in the big theater. And then every time somebody moved in there, I'd get thrown out at the big theater and we'd kind of wander the building like little, you know, lemmings. Uh, so, you know, they expanded at the same time, they expanded like the band room, they expanded the shop. So they put some money into that and they had some, you know, they, they knew that we have to make these changes if this is going to happen. So it's a very exciting time to do this. Um, and that's where it's at right now. Uh, we're going forward with this. In this I think that's awesome. You have such a supportive administration, um, and it seems like from the top yes. top down, um, the district, and um, you just yeah. I think they recognize the value. They don't always understand what we're doing. Yeah, like the principal came in one day. We were like doing these like movement things, and I'm like, I know this looks insane, but I swear <laughs> this is like going to translate to to better um, better work on stage and more focused work on stage. And um, he's like, okay, he's like, you're the expert, you know. So. Um, yes, uh, he and the superintendent, the former superintendent, who were all sort of involved in the genesis of the academy, and I've got a really, um, you know, obviously my, my divisional, she, um, she's the orchestra teacher as well. So like, you know, she's like, I don't really, I don't, I'm not a theater person, but I trust your judgment and, you know, so forth. Being, being in a, like the only person to teach a classes is odd. Like, cause I'm in the English department a little bit because I teach like a fine arts English class. And every now and then I, I go over to teach like a class if I have a whole or something. And we have these PLCs, you know, professional learning communities. And they're great because like, you know, everybody teaches senior English and it's going to work together on the senior um, summatives. And that's great because like we got five brains working on something and you divvy up the work five ways. And someone was like, wow, it must be really awesome not to have to like compromise on anything. And I said, it is, but also I'm teaching, I have five preps six this year and nobody is helping me create the content some of the, the assessments nobody and that while certain times it's like okay nobody's bugging me at the same time it's like i i have so much work to do so you really have to sort of like really understand what you're teaching what you're trying to get to them and you know come up with the content because let's face it there's not like there's not content out there that you can go get i mean there's there's some programs, but I have found that they're like all stuff I know anyways, you know, like, yeah. Oh, drama Academy. I think that's great. If you're like a new teacher who doesn't, doesn't really know what you're doing or doesn't really know theater that well, like you did it, but you don't really, you didn't really study it. So, I mean, I, and I looked at that stuff and I was like, this is all stuff that is just in my brain. So, you know, you guys make your own stuff. And 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 there's there's some fun in that, but like like you like you shared, there's there's a challenge of, be, of all that work falls on you. And I yeah. I, I remember when I was I was still teaching in South Carolina, um, I I was one of two uh, theater teachers in our building, and the other theater teacher had all of the intro level courses, and I had all the everything else. It was IB theater, musical theater, tech theater, playwriting, acting, yeah. um, and there was no standard curriculum for any of those, you know, except for maybe IB mm -hmm. theater, but you know, I had to create all that content and I had to do the prep for all that. And, and that was exhausting. Yeah. Like, and there's national, there's national theater standards. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we were moving towards uh standard based grading and I was very excited about that. Cause I was like, theater lends itself to that hundred percent because you know, what's an, what's the difference between an A and a B my preference really. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, uh, that kind of got squashed, but I spent a lot of time looking at the standards and like, okay, this is what I would assess here. And so I 
still just sort of do it. So I'm like, well, you know what? It's fine. Because I can still be like, hey, you know, working on this thing. It, it helps me. But then the district was like, let's just hold off on moving completely towards those standards. And that's fine. Like, I get it's they're baby stepping their way there. But um, yeah, so like, you know, because people are like, well, how do you, you know, assess art? And I was like, I mean, there's rubrics, sort of. But when you get into the more advanced stuff, you know, you're like, I didn't, I didn't believe it. So, you know, yeah. you you may feel you're being, you know, it's like, yeah, if, you, if you're really trying, you know, I mean, there's, there's a point where it's like, you know, you can do it or you can't do it, but like, are you doing the work? Then you're going to eventually get better. Yeah. It's, it's the nuance of the grading, right? And, and the individual students yeah. and who, little Susie's going to have a different level of growth than little Johnny over here. Yeah, absolutely. I remember telling one kid, I had a girl come in and she was, um, she was on the spectrum. And so she was terrified to speak. And, you know, and then I had a kid who'd been like, you know, who'd done some professional stuff and whatever. And I was explaining it to um, like another teacher. I said, I can't judge those kids next to each other. But like, you know, if student A, the who's so paralyzed with fear, at the end, if she's able to get through an entire monologue, then her growth is exponentially greater than student B who, you know, is still sort of at the same place because, you know, so like who gets the A? The quality is better with student B, but student A, like she really grew. She really stepped into it and she really like got out of her comfort zone. So that gets a little, you know, um, then it comes about, you know, effort and laziness and willingness to help other people and how do you work? And so, you know, and like I tell people, like if you come, in my class especially the early classes and do what i'm asking you to do you'll walk out with an a or a b it's not hard and i don't really care about that you know yeah. but i care about like do you feel more confident do you feel like you grew at all especially at that early stage yeah well i would love to go back and and dig a little bit more into your um your directing work leading up to um teaching um sure. what was it because I, I had a very similar experience in my undergrad because um, with my theater ed degree, it was not a requirement to, to direct um, other than the directing classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did a student production and I learned so much through that process. Um, and, and that's one of the things I love about ISU is, is for their capstone project, they have to direct in a school. They have to direct a one act play in a school with real students. And I think that's invaluable to them. It's one of the, draws of, of this program for me. Um, talk to me about what it was about that experience for you that, that hooked you. I guess I just never really thought about like the fact that I would just sort of analyze everything when I saw a play. Like just like, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like why that costume seems off or something. Like just like, you know, or like, you know, like I, I, could, I could just sort of instinctively maybe, I don't know if it's an instinct or if it's my education drummed into me. Like, you know, I realize that like, this is not something happening that's interesting on the stage. Like, I'm hearing the words and I'm seeing what they're doing. And I would almost just sort of like, even as a kid, I remember, like, you know, I remember I had a, we had a, we had a record of Pete's Dragon. I don't know if you remember that show mm-hmm. from like, it's a Disney show. And my sister was obsessed with it. And so we would, we would listen to it all the time. This, this record, and it was, it was spoken word. And I remember like assigning my bears roles and like, we would act it out. And I would be like, no, like, like, it's just, like i would just do it i mean all kids do it to a certain extent but i do remember being very like this is how it has to be and this is how it works better and no go back and do it this way and like you know i'm just like just didn't think about it until i i just 
I, I got into this thing and I was like, I get, I'm getting more pleasure out of the process than the product, 100%. And the process, not in the sense of like a control, but like, you know, I, this is what we can create. We can, we, can, we can work together and look at this script and take apart these words. Um, and I think I'd been in too many shows that people just ignored stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, well, I, I want to do it right. I want to do it, or at least how I think is right, you know? Um, and just the experiences that I found so exhilarating was what, like, you know, where it was us, you know, digging in and like finding something new. One of the things that drives me nuts, nuts um, now as a teacher when I see schools and they're going to like do, I don't know, um, Legally Blonde, for example, which I don't hate as a show, but every single production is the exact same one because we're all doing the exact same thing and they all look the exact same way and they all do the exact same dance. And they all, and I'm just, I'm like, what are, then why bother doing it? Like, unless you're going to take something and really take it apart. Um, it just, you know, so I wanted to, like, how do you make this new? How do I make, this something that is mine and it sounds so egotistical but there's you know I, I needed that it fed my soul much in a much greater way than acting did and I was a pretty decent actor um but I just didn't get the pleasure out of it mm-hmm. like going to rehearsal felt like oh I gotta go to rehearsal when I was directing I was like oh I get to go to rehearsal and um you know and creating an environment that I would have liked to have had as an actor and being treated as you know, collaborate collaborator as I would have liked to have been, as I liked to be treated when I was acting. Um, it just fed me, you know. And I think the product's important too. Like that moment when you finally get to the point where, like, we finished this, you know, and it it looks exact, you know, if not exactly like it did in my head, but as close as anybody could get it, and it's mine, you know. So yeah. that's, I guess, that's what just it just started driving me. I that, that I I hundred percent agree with you, and I I don't I don't think it's conceded at all to to say that you wanted to create something that's yours and to go through that process and that experience with your students and let's 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 tear off the playbook and throw it away and let's let's create art and forge our own path because that's that's art right I mean that's yeah yeah, that's, yeah I, we just did um a couple years ago which everybody in the world has done uh, almost me and that particular playwright like gives acting notes within the text and it drove me crazy and he's like you should do this this is what it should i'm like no 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 no. like you did your job you're the playwright now get out of my way so i can direct my version of this show and so i went i just i said we're just gonna black out all these notes guys i don't even want you looking at them like you should you you need to be able to do this job without somebody leading you you know, along the way. I mean, Eugene O'Neill does it to a certain extent too, but they're not anywhere near ready to look at like Eugene O'Neill. Um, but he does it in such a way that he's, cause he's almost like writing a novel. Um, but yeah. So like, I was like, just don't rely too much on other people to, to do this. And, you know, I, I get it. It's easy. It's, you know, fast. It's quick. But that's just, it's just a pet peeve. Of mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking back at your time um, with, uh, I believe you said it was no theater um, mm-hmm. and, and the, the different modern works that they were doing that nobody else was doing um, and the underrepresented voices in the, in their, their work. How does that translate into what you're doing now? Um, well, I think it really did. You know, I mean, I, 
I grew up in a pretty liberal place. I mean, it was like, it wasn't, it, it was, that those kind of works were being done. I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Those kind of works were being done there. I, I, I just grew up around that. When we went to Cincinnati, it was a much more conservative space, place, um, just because it was, you know, it's sort of like the gateway to the South. Um, and that it wasn't being done there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are big theaters there. Our uh, Playhouse in the Park, which is fantastic. Um, and, you know, a couple other equity houses. Um, but they were doing like these relatively safe stuff. And, um, you know, I think that the guy who started that theater went in with like, I'm not looking to make money. I'm not looking to like make this huge theater. I just want these stories to be told, um, you know, and so they would do like Filipino folk stories and they would do like women poetry and like um, just it, it was and a lot of it was done in bookstores and a lot of it was done like in coffee houses and really like any space that wanted you to come do these things what i love about that is and i think what i learned from that and i and i use in my teaching a lot now is you don't need a lot of lights and a lot of sound and big costumes to, to do effective meaningful theater like sometimes it is in an alley somewhere and sometimes the most meaningful stuff comes out of those tiny little spaces or those you know theaters over a shop somewhere that you know like just the bathrooms don't always work and it's tiny and there's no lobby. I've seen some really incredibly meaningful stuff in those spaces and you need to learn how to do that. And I, and I want a program that's going to teach you. Yes, this is how you act on the proscenium stage. And this is how you do, you know, the big crowd pleasing, happy stuff. But you also have to be able to like, you know, if you are in a, in a, in a space where they're like, you know, five feet away from you, are you, are you able to stay there in the moment in the entire time? And, and I, and, you know, cause I just over and over say, this is what, this is what theater is. So we got this new black box and I took, and we did, um, cause the kids couldn't really do that much last year, obviously. So my advanced class, I was like, we're doing Hamlet together in this class. And I took my Academy kids and each of them played Hamlet. So eight kids were rotating playing Hamlet. They would just change every now and then. And they all, I said, all you have is this red, this red sash to indicate that you're Hamlet. And I said, you've got these boxes and these sheets, and that is it. And they were like, well, we could bring it. I was like, no, you're not bringing anything else in. This is what you have. And it forces them to, to like, make the, theat- the, the untheatrical, the everyday theatrical. And, you know, yeah, we have, I can go run out and get you capes. Sure, I, we've got them down the hall. I, but no, you cannot have them. So, you know, now this, this sheet needs to become a cape, and this needs to do this. And, you know, this, you know, what do you need to do? We had the edit part of, like, we can't touch each other now because we're in a campman pandemic and you know, the masks and, and they, and they rise to that occasion every single time you yeah. give it to them. Sometimes I think we try to make things so easy on ourselves because, and believe me, I got a child. I have a husband. I understand. Like I got six classes to teach. Uh, easy is good sometimes, but it, if you make it too, if we make it too easy on our students, they, they just won't, you know, having nothing makes you, makes you strive to make something. I think that's what I learned from it now. And, you know, and the theater, had, the theater evolved and it's become, you know, like, they got a nice big building now. And I, I believe they're equity question mark. I don't know. I haven't talked to them in a couple of years. Um, but, you know, they're still committed to staying in the same neighborhood that they are, you know, serving the same population. So that's impressive to me. It's easy to, you know, where the money is i not that there's a ton of money <laughs> when i when i first started teaching um 
I worked with a, a theater company that was, I mean, it was bare bones and it was, and it, it, it truly informed um, who I am as a director and, and just learning the importance of the story first and foremost, you know, yeah. if you're yeah. not, if you're not communicating that story, who cares about the rest? Right. I mean, the, the lights aren't going to help tell that story you know, better than, than you understanding and really digging into it. The, the costumes, they're cool, but it's that story. Right. Um, and I, I, I I love that. And and, and, and even in my directing classes and in my undergrad, I went crazy. My very first like 10 minute play that we had to direct, like they were moving on every line. We had so many props. There were (laughs) costume pieces everywhere. I had so many pieces of furniture and my, my directing professor failed me on the first showing and she pulled me aside afterwards. She said, just tell the story. Just tell the story. You don't need all this. Just tell the story. And you know, and it, th- yeah. that's where it is. And I, and I, I love communicating that with my students. Now I love doing that work when I was in the classroom, still just really digging in, telling a story with a cube. And like you said, here's yep. a sheet go, let's, let's dig into the story and tell it beautifully and correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there are students that respond to that a lot. Mm-hmm. The students who are sort of put off by it. My, in my experience, the people that really respond to it tend to be the kids that, and, and to be fair, I'm the only theater teacher they have, right? So they can't like pick, like, I'm going right. to go this way. Or I'm going to go this way. <laughs> They're like, well, this is what I have. So I'm going to go, you know, this way. I work a lot with teaching them like um, viewpoints, uh, you know, Uta Hagen and Bogart are sort of my like, you know, thing. Like, I know, I, 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 we visit Meisner and we visit like Stanislavski and so and so, but I'm like, those are the two I was taught. That's what I was, that's how I was trained. So that's how I'm going to like, you know, I'm a reflection of my professors. These kids are going to be a reflection of, of me, right? And I'm like, and when you get to college, whatever professors that, you know, teach, that's what you'll respond to. I said, and ideally, you get exposed to as much as you can and then you pick what works for you. Mm-hmm. Because not everything, you know, I've got good friends who love Meiser and swear by it. And absolutely. And for me, it always left me a little, I just never got it. It never clicked for me. But, you know, viewpoints 100% clicked for me right away. And so, you know, and I think also it's something kids can kind of hold on to a little easier, right? It's like, okay, well, you know, like we're talking about kinesthetic response. They're like, oh, I know what that means. And they can, you know, slip into that. They're, they're definable, a little bit more definable than some other uh, things are. But, you know, 100%. And I think also what one of my professors, I remember very vividly, um, she said, because I was, I was moving people too much, like you were. I was like, and she's like, it's okay to slow them down. It's okay to stop them. She's like, you just got to, that silence and stillness is great. She's like, you just have to earn it. And you'll, and, and, and she's like, and that's, I can't like just tell you how to earn it. But like, you know, if you, if you need somebody to pay attention, you have an, a, a character in motion then stop them slow them down working in shakespeare really helped me kind of hmm. refine that a little bit because soliloquies right you just gotta like stop and talk to the audience and you know and and then you can you know give them again so like you know if macbeth's running around and you know every and, and he's ready to like you know burn down scotland and then all of a sudden your wife's dead and then he can stop and then you're like oh my god he's not you know like he's been doing this all show and now he's shifting gears and it's really powerful and you know when i can teach kids but it's like you can't just stand there and say lines like you have and you know as we've all seen 
you know, actors do that. My line, your line. Now it's not my line. Now I'm gonna wait till it's my line again. Now, and and you know, they just stand there. And so I'm like, what are you doing? Like, these are people. The, the only way theater works is if it, if, it, if it reflects something of our lives. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was never, you know, I'm not Macbeth. I I'm not King, but I but I've suffered loss. Yeah. You know, it, and and that's that's what the playwrights are doing. And working with the no was great because I worked with so many playwrights who were writing as we were working, working with the playwright in, you know, one-on-one. So I could say, I don't understand this moment. And, you know, he or she would be like, well, let's all talk about it. And sometimes you had playwrights who were like, don't change a thing. That's what it is. I don't want, you know, I'm not touching the page. But the great playwrights would be like, let's look at the scene. And it would either say, you know what, you're right, this isn't working. And I think because the character isn't doing this. And we would go to the bar and we would sit there and we would have a few drinks and we would work it out together. Oh, that is so gratifying. And when I do um, modern, like contemporary plays, I always reach out to the playwright. And, you know, if I have a question or something, most of the time I don't get responses, but I've gotten responses, you know. Like I ran into Lee Blessing and at something at the Actors Theater of Louisville. We ended up talking about a play I wanted to, I always wanted to direct, hadn't yet, have now, but because I had that conversation with him, you know, I'm not going to change anything necessarily, but maybe he can clarify it. Um, I, when I was in college, I did talk radio. And, and so I, on a whim, just like emailed Eric Bogosian and he called my house and he's like, let's talk about it. He's like, go ahead and update it. Yeah, this is like 10 years old. Up, you know, and so like, the artists want to collaborate yeah. and some don't. And some are like, you know, my word is sacrosanct. Don't touch it. I respect that too. I can choose to either do that show or not do that show. Right. Um, but like we, we live in a, in a time where you can communicate with these, with these lions of yeah. literature. And many of them, Mary Zimmerman's amazing at that. She, you know, teaches at Northwestern. We had, um, we were working on metamorphoses when, when the shutdown happened and I just emailed her and I was like, my kids are devastated. And she like sent them this video message. was like, theater is going to survive. You know, like we, we work in an industry of people who want to communicate and want to be part of the community. And to sort of ignore that is, is silly. Mm-hmm. I think obviously I can't call Shakespeare up and be like, Hey, in Hamlet, what's going on? But there's so much written about it. I can certainly like take a stab at it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I guess I, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think I I directed a, a production two years ago, um, two years ago now, actually, um, where the the artistic director and I had very different approaches to what the playwright was saying in the play. And that impacted our production meetings. Um, um, yeah. I, I would I would. I'm trying to be diplomatic in what I'm saying. The the artistic director liked to micromanage a good bit. Um, and I just, I emailed the playwright one day and I said, if you have time, I just have some questions. If you, if you don't, I understand. But, and she was like, you know, here's my number. Let's, let's talk. And so I called her and she was standing on, on the street outside her office in New York. And we just yeah. talked for a good hour about the play. And I went back to our product next production meeting and the artistic director was pushing this one line. I said, well, I actually spoke to the playwright. And that is the one thing she said is not open to interpretation in her play is that this is not what it is about. And it's about this, the rest, we can tell the story how we want, but that's key to the story. And he was like, how did you talk to her? I said, I emailed her. (laughs) 
it, yeah. you, they're real people. They're out there. They want to talk about their work <laughs> sometimes. So, you know, sometimes you luck out. But sometimes you do. Yeah. Most times you don't. And most times you get, you know, it gets lost and like whatever is going on. And, you know, but there are, you know, people who will talk to you. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and I think that's a really great, great lesson for, um, you know, just collaboration. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm the director and ultimately you're going to, it needs to be what I, what I want it to be. Right. Like I'm the captain of the ship and I'm going to steer it. But I don't ever want these kids to be like, I can't bring this up. Right. I'm like, you might have fantastic ideas. I might say that that this is not what we're going to do. And here's why. And I said, and it might be a little shorter. If it's tech week and you're trying to like change something, I'm going to be like, just do it the way I want you to do it. I said, but you know, I'm always open to those conversations later. But like in the rehearsal hall, do you want to try something? If it's not insane, go ahead. You know, mm-hmm. you have to understand like that, that like they're, there are people that, you know, are going to make these decisions ultimately, but I want you, I want your voice. Mm-hmm. I want you to show up. I want you to have ideas. And it's one of the things I try to teach these kids. Come into rehearsal and start doing stuff. Come to auditions and start doing stuff. My God, there's nothing worse than you coming in and just reading the words and I'll figure it out later. You know, the things that you could take off my plate. My job is not ultimately to create this character. Like that's your job. I'll teach you how to do that in class. Um, so, you know, that's why classes are so important, I think, is that I don't have time to teach how to act in a rehearsal, which is what so many high school teachers have to do because they don't necessarily have the classes that I am very fortunate to have and, and nagged people and begged people for years to like get, because it was, you know, nobody was like, here, Christine, you can have this. I had to be like, Hey, this is what I think. Um, my school's heavy on the athletics, which many, many high schools are. And um, I just had to, that, that, that was really the pathway for me to like get this. I was like, you're not serving a population of your students. So do you want to come and tell them why the baseball team is more important than they are? And they were like, no. (laughs) I was like, okay then, you know, and it got annoying, I'm sure. But like now I'm at a point, like we went to state for something and I, and I, I never knew that like they paid for all the travel to state for all the IHSA teams. And it was an IHSA competition. It was the, the state for, you know, drama comp. And I was like, oh, well, then you guys need to pay for this. And then one of the guys was like, well, don't you have money in the account? And I was like, yeah. And the principal was like, she's not asking for money. She's asking for equity. I was like, yep. And <laughs> on the other side of that, I tell my students, I was like, you need to be like, you are part of this school. You need to do that. You don't need to go to every football games, but show up at one go to homecoming like go to things like you know what the pep rally you guys all bail out i get it i hated pep rallies when i was in high school too but go because if you want to be treated as part of the school you need to be part of this school. yeah yeah and so you know i have like like all our spirit wear is like very much in the same vein as everything else in the school it's like property of huntley theater and you know it's all like that and i was like there is a brand and the brand's not going to be we're different than the rest of the school because we're not this is another part of the school and um you know and i think that it's 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 starting to open up like you know to get rid of a little bit of the otherness Mm -hmm. especially when we're like in another wing of the school and like you know those kids live in the east wing because that's where the theater is and they then their electives are art and so they wander up to take a math class and they wander back down and they're there beginning of school and they're there after school and you have to figure out ways to involve yourself in other stuff because yeah. that's going to make you a better 
artist. I think that's awesome. I I made a point um, to encourage my students as well to go go to the football games. Go 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 to the volleyball game where there is no one yeah. watching those girls play. You know, go go do be part of the other things in the school. And I had to make myself do it too because I don't love football. Yeah, <laughs> but I would go and sit yeah. and and cheer them on and ask my best friend next to me right. who knew football what just happened because i don't know um but yeah. you know and uh, and some of those kids are your students too right, right? like so right. I've, had, I've had kids on the football team they're my students and i'm like oh yeah and they're always like hey miss d can you come and i'm like uh maybe i'll try you know i'll make i'll make it to one team like i, was like, I will make it to one game i promise and and the deal i make with some of the athletes are like you go to a show i will go to a game and they're like okay you know and they're like oh i really liked it or i didn't really understand it but it was kind of cool or you know, I'm like, it's okay not to like stuff too. Like, yeah. it's fine. It's just experience it. Right. Now, on the other hand, uh, you know, theater especially, I think in the arts in general, there are those kids that don't feel safe anywhere, but in our space, you know? And so I don't necessarily push those kids because those kids are like, I, I'm going to have an anxiety attack when I'm around these other people. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But, you know, if you need to be safe right now, I, I encourage you to try to figure it's really hard to live life that way all you know when you because it's a long life ahead of us but if right now you just need to hide in the corner of my classroom okay it's fine then just hide in the corner of my classroom because you know um it has to be i hate the word safe space but it has to be secure yeah i don't think theater is a safe space i think it's a it's a place where you have to face things um, you know, we face our, our demons all the time in the theater, right? Fear of death, fear of loss. But, you know, if if my little corner of that space is going to help you get through your sophomore year, all right, that's fine. You know what? Yeah. Come and be here. And ultimately, you're going to find that, like, this is the place that accepts you. Because for whatever reason, it's been true probably since, you know, the Greeks, the people that don't sort of the, the square pegs, can find a place to, to you know to, to fit in that area it's yeah. just no one's gonna bug you and hopefully it, it's always true sometimes it's <laughs> <laughs> well i would love to hear one of your favorite stories from your career so far um it could be one of those funny moments a horror story uh, one of those touching poignant moments for you just anything oh boy um i mean there's a lot a lot professionally but i think that the I mean, I just, I'm a teacher. I know I am. And it's just, this is where I feel like this is, you know, I'm making the transition from professional theater into educational theater. It was so seamless um, for me. But um, I I think, I I just, I've been thinking about this a lot about this last year. I mean, we've all gone through so much. We all were in the middle of something. Like, life was just going, going, going. And all of a sudden, it was like, my husband's like, you know what? Like, we went to breakfast. And he's like, there's this, like, he said, this this, this COVID thing. Like, I think this is our last breakfast hour. And I'm like, whatever, you're crazy. <laughs> and, like, everything, you know, boom, 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 like, dominoes shut down, right? And um, they were just, you know, the kids were, of course, devastated. We were a week out. And, um, you know, because we had technology. And, you know, so I was Zooming classes. And then I was, you know, I was, like, giving them anything. I was, like, calling people I knew I'm like you know you know tv actors film actors artistic I was like just talk to these kids like they need something to like have them to hold on to and you know and I had people you know who were you know pretty 
important. I don't want to say that, but like busy people in the industry, like stop what they were doing. Go talk to these kids they'd never met. Um, some of them were very good friends of mine. Some of them are people that were like friends of friends or like people that I knew. So-and-so's, you know, the science teacher's cousin is like on this show. And everybody just would just stop. And they were like, I was I was like you. I, I know what you guys are going through, but we're going to be fine. And then they would answer questions about career stuff and paths. And like, this is how I got to where I am. And this is my art. You know, this is what I'm looking for. And this is what I'm hoping for. And I think that in that crisis, and it was a bad crisis, just that, um, like I tell kids all the time, I'm like, I feel like too deep, but there's like links in a chain, you know? And from Thespis on, like there's all these links that people just, in the darkest, most horrible time, this art form has like kept people going. And I said, and that's what I'm doing is I'm this link in this chain and, 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 and I'm going to be forgotten and it's going to be gone, but it's like going to be because of people who like created stuff in spite of horrible things, much more worse, like war, you know, like plague that was like just wiping people off across the map. So when I when we started coming back and I remember like thinking like, this is sort of a miracle. Like, we live in a miraculous time. Like, you know, very, very quickly, we came up with a vaccine very quickly. And, you know, people are taking it or not taking it, whatever, that's your choice. And we'll see what, how the ramifications play out. But, like, to get people back into this, like, space. And so we couldn't do any shows last year. I know I'm kind of rambling. Sorry. We couldn't do any shows last year. And so we did something outside. And it was awful. Like, it was not great. It was not quality because we couldn't, we couldn't rehearse. We could only get together hmm. when it was going to happen. And the people still, like, came. And people still, like, wanted to have stories told. And I, I just feel like that at that most basic level, like we're just, we're, we're so hungry for stories and, you know, to be able to like, finally we were doing, getting together, we could do something in, in together in masks, no audience. And, you know, we're going through it and, it, it, you know, and, and objectively it was awful. Like, you know, the kids were masked, they couldn't touch. I'm trying to stage something. But, uh, but a kid came to me and he goes, this feels normal. And I started crying and I was like, yeah, it does. And he's like, he just needed that normalcy and I needed it too. And he and I stood there six feet apart crying in our masks, you know? And um, I was like, that's, you know, that's my normal and I need it. And, you know, and nothing's going to really destroy it. Like, you know, because how do you teach theater? How do you teach theater in a pandemic? Can't be done, but we did it, you know? We and we, I taught English too. I taught an English class and that was pretty easy. So I'm like, okay, here's all the stuff, you know, and I go over it with them and, you know, we have conversations about what we were reading. And, um, but like, everybody's like, I don't know how you're going to teach this. And I was like, me either. It's impossible. But again, it was impossible, but we did it. And I think that that just really kind of like gave me such hope through this is that there's nothing that can really destroy what I'm doing what we're doing here um there's a novel um called station 11 I don't know if you've read it or not it's a, basically about it's like I, I assigned it to my English class this year and I was a little worried I was like God, I really feel like this might be a little too much but in the novel there's a flu it's set in like 20 years in the future there's a flu that wipes out like 95 percent of the human population like within a week and 
it's sort of like 20 years later, you've got these sort of, you've got this roving band of musicians and actors that are like staging Shakespeare's plays. And they're just desperate to keep this alive. And, you know, you start to see sort of humanity starting to sort of start to like, kind of like grow up again. It's an awesome book if you, if you want to read it, but um, it was, it was as like, that's much worse than a much bigger scale. But that, you know, it was like, we just have to keep going. So, I mean, that's where I am right now. And I'm also that, you know, kind of like I'm watching the Delta variants and I'm like, I don't know if I can handle this again, but I can't. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm safe right now. My husband's safe. My child, I'm trying desperately to keep safe, um, you know, and my students. But um, we just adjust. We just, we just do it. Uh, Maybe a little deeper than you No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have every person I've talked to um, uh, interviewing for, for this season, I have made a point to, to let them know how appreciated they are and just how, how I think you all are just rock stars. And I am very grateful for the never ending hard work that you do, whether you're face to face, whether you're in a box on a screen with the students um, but every opportunity that you have given them, um, I have my own kids who, you know, who created theater with their theater teacher during the pandemic and just watching my student teachers and, and it's hard. It was, it was hard You're a student teach, huh? and we're still not out of it. Right. I mean, we, we're still in some unknown territory, but you all are rock stars and very appreciated. So thank you for what you do. Thanks. I think that sometimes we get into a place where like, I mean, I direct a lot. I direct like a show in September, a show in November, a show in March. Um, and it's sometimes it's like, get this done, get the next thing, get this done, get to the next thing, get this done, get the next thing, and then I have summer and I can like, you know, just relax and, re- and redo. Um, it, it, what I hope I get out of it, and I was telling somebody else, like, I, is I hope that I never, when I'm at the next time I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, God, I'm get the show done, I'll get this done. And like, no, like take a minute, to, like, ex- like, you know, pull it in, and you know, and there are those shows that I'm like, I'm doing because I have to do this, like, you know, okay, I'm doing, I don't know, Willy Wonka or whatever, because I have to do it because my they want something family friendly or whatever, and that's fine, and you do stuff to expose mm-hmm. kids to all the different things, and then every now and then I get to the show that sort of feeds my soul, like I'm always like pulling something that's like this is gonna make Christine happy, um, and those are the ones the kids usually end up loving most because they're you know they're usually smaller shows and they're a little bit more interesting um especially like my older students but um i'm like even those ones that i'm like in the middle of this i just gotta get done like just i'm i'm happy i'm in the theater again yeah you know and you know i get to have this argument with my set with my sound guy or whatever and i get to like you know get irritated because one kid didn't you know oh well, they got suspended and i can deal with that you know but okay that's fine I, I'm, I'm happy to have that and sometimes we need the darkness to appreciate the light right agreed agreed but it's been pretty dark <laughs> it has been <laughs> so hopefully there's some sunlight coming through um well my final two yeah. questions are the ones that i ask everyone christine um the first one is what is a resource that you are currently using or have used that is a must-have for theater teachers viewpoints book by ann bogart 100 i need i need to review it all the time and i think it helps with teaching as well I think another resource you have to create yourself is you have to create a network of, of other theater teachers 
You have to. Um, and it's hard because we're all so busy, you know, and I just recently reached out to somebody, um, like a bunch of people. I was just like, hey, let's get together and talk about some stuff. And like, you know, like 20 people were like, yeah, let's do it. And like four people were able to show up, right? You know, I've got a show, I've got this. And I, I get that. And, you know, when we see each other at like theater fest, but we're always so busy because we've got kids auditioning, we've got shows and we've got workshops that we're teaching. But I'm like, we need a time to be able to say like, you know what? I, I want to teach devising theater. I don't, I don't know how. Who knows how? Let's do that. Um, there's lots of things out there like, you know, Facebook pages and, and, and groups. And people are really generous with like, yeah, here's stuff and here's all this stuff. And, and like, but I think you, you just need also somebody to be able to be like, I understand what you're talking about. Because I can complain to my husband, you know, and just like he complains about his job, I have no idea what he's really talking about. But like to have somebody understand what you're going through, you got to have that. And, you know, there's lots of teachers and stuff. So maybe it's the music teacher, maybe it's somebody else, but you've got to, you've got to create those relationships so that somebody can say, well, why don't you just do this? And like, oh, Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's my two, you know, physical and sort of metaphysical resources. I think those are great. I think those are great. And my final question is, what is a, what are your encouraging words of wisdom for new teachers entering the field or that veteran teacher just needing that encouraging word right now? Um, every single, every single um, teacher in the world, I think that you're only kids can smell authenticity and they can smell inauthenticity a mile away, yep. especially like this generation, right? They're all about like the real thing. Yep. You cannot fake who you are. Don't try to be somebody that you're not like, you know, like this is who I am. I am. Um, like I remember asking teachers, kids, I was like, do you think I'm a nice teacher? And they were like, no. And I was like, I'm not. And they were like, well, you're, you're real. Like you're honest. Like we, you know, if you're in a, bad mood or unhappy we know it and you don't you don't fake it but you're also like caring and you're also like sincere about that and we know that you but we know that you like love us and want what's best for us but no you're not like a nice teacher they said but you don't want a nice teacher because nice teachers are easy to, to manipulate um like you want yes you want your classes to be fun you want them to be engaging but if the kids don't learn anything they're not going to come back that's that's where I'm at. Um, you know, it can be all games and fun and blah blah, and we're gonna do improv every day because kids really like doing that, and that's great. But if they're not walking away with something, like my English classes, I tried to make them as you know engaging as possible. But those kids knew how to cite their sources when they left, you know, and because now it was time for us to work. And I think that to refer to it as work, it helps them. Like, oh, okay, oh, now it's time to work. Okay, now let's play a game. You know, every now and then I'm like, it's Friday, let's play something, right? And But, you know, I'm not just throwing anything at the wall. You know, I'm going to pick something that is going to focus on, you know, to help us with focus, to help us with concentration. Um, and there's, you know, hundreds and thousands of theater games out there that do that. Um, you've got to give them something of substance. You just have to, I think. Yeah. And, you know, be who you are. Because it'll... Um, I had the, there was a new band teacher who um, apparently I had, we shared a student and he was trying to sort of like get, um, create a new, cause it's hard, you know, when you are replacing somebody, like he's replacing the old band teacher and now the new band teacher. And there's a little bit of like that, Oh, well, you're not how we do things. And so 
it takes a while for the classes sort of turn over. He did it with me too. They were like, you know, we, we hate you. We don't trust you. And then finally they were like, oh, maybe you do know what you're talking about. Um, and he, you know, he asked the student, he said, I want people to, I want kids to listen to me. Like, you know, they listen to, to D, which is what the kids call me. And he goes, and the kid was very smart. He was a senior at the time. He said, she has something that we want that nobody else in the school has, which is the knowledge, the knowledge base, right? So, you know, we, we know she knows what she's talking about. We know she, she, you know, knows her stuff about theater. So we want that. So, you know, I think that that's important too, is to be like, hey, I am a professional and I know what I'm talking about and I have this information. And, you know, you can, you know, think that you're coming in as a ninth grader and know everything about theater, and you don't. And I'm going to make you like unlearn everything and relearn it. And just like in college, they're going to be like, forget everything you learned in high school because I'm going to, you know, and that's fine because you're taking a step in maturity. You're taking a step in, in life. And so it, the way you're going to handle it is different. And that, you know, so, but like, you've got to like know what you're talking about and know your stuff. And, you know, they'll respond to that and they're like, oh yeah, I want more. And then they'll keep coming back to you and they'll keep coming back to you and they'll keep coming back to you. So know what so know what you don't know, I guess, you know, never stop learning. Right. I mean, never stop learning. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, and I mean, I think so many books by directors and, you know, interviews and there's so much and like just going back and watching Uta Hagen work with people in the seventies. And like, it's kind of funny because they're cheese volley haircuts and, and outfits, but like, she's so like there and focused. And like, we have access to her. You have access to her, her writing. She speaks right to you and you read her, you know, respect for acting. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I get that. And so, you know, I'm like, here, read this. What do you think? And then we have these conversations and maybe those conversations go on for weeks. Um, you, but you have a little bit of freedom with that because you know what? If I don't get to this unit, who cares? Mm-hmm. Let's focus on this because this is, this is giving us the most fruit. Yeah. And every class is different. And every kid is different. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And thank you for talking with me today. It was very nice thank to you. This was fun. meet you and, and get to know you and hear about your program. And hopefully I will see you at a theater fest uh, sometime soon. Yeah, I'll try to find you. Yeah, I don't know. Right now I hear it's still on. but you know, As of right now it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it was great to meet you and I wish you all the best this year. And uh, your students are very fortunate to have someone who cares so much and, and pushes them like you do. So thank you. All right. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. And that is a wrap for this episode of Fed Talks. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Tune in next week for the next one. We have so many great teachers coming up and so many that have already been with us. So if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, go on your favorite podcast provider, subscribe to us, rate us, leave us five stars, review us. More importantly, share the podcast with those theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here on the show. Visit our website, www.fedtalks.com for the pages for all the teachers who have been on our show. Email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. If you have an idea for a future guest on the show or suggestions or topics that you'd like to have on the show, email me. I love interacting with you on there and I always follow up. Follow us on all of the social media that's out there. We are out there on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks. On Facebook, we have a Fed Talks page and Instagram Fed Talks Podcast. Once again, our website is www.fedtalks.com. Thank you, teachers, for all that you do. Thank you for listening. Continue to be the lights that you are and changing all those lives. I appreciate you. Take care.